When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome back to another round of Baldi's Deliberations. Again, if you're listening to this before the award show, you're technically doing it wrong. I'm not to t- tell anybody what order you're supposed to listen to things in, but uh, listen to the award show, and if you're not sure about a rationalization for something, you check out the deliberation of the thing that you are unsure about, and you can listen to that, because it's just us talking through why we're doing the things we're doing. I don't know, maybe but I don't I like to... spoilers. Maybe I want I want it raw. Did the deliberation spoil the award show? Or does the award... No, other way award... around. Hmm. See, I feel like the deliberations would spoil the actual thing. But, you know, again, I'm not... I'm just telling people, you know. Uh, you don't have to listen to... Like, the Baldies is not a 17-hour extravaganza. It's like a tight 30 to 60-minute <laughs> show. But uh, we uh-huh. do have some explaining to do on this category. Before, we have had uh, best male and female actors. And we've talked about how this category is probably going to seem pretty archaic in a generation or two's time well that time has come we now have uh a non-binary person emma darcy who is going to be competing in uh it seems like they are caucusing them with the women i think it's when it seems like the way that the like the i want to say the way the academy awards are approaching it is you can be considered for any category you want yeah, you submit, but she's uh-huh. that they are being submitted into the 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 actress category. They chose. Um, yeah. It seems like they are fine with that from their social media uh, postings and whatnot. Uh, but we thought, you know what? It's time for us to get ahead of this whole deal. Mm-hmm. We were always best male and female actor because actor and actress seems crazy. Uh, we are going to now collapse everything into actor and supporting oh actor. Mm-hmm. which not just uh, eliminates the uh, gendered binary. Now, we, we resisted doing that before because I think ultimately that's the way things should go when there's not any obvious reason to segregate. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should probably kind of put everybody in the same pool, is that we thought because uh, we do live in a society that still has a lot of sexist thought in it and a lot of institutional kind of sexism built into it that – in broadly speaking, the men still get the better roles, the better starring roles, and it would be unfair to group them in. But I feel like when you look back at the last several years of Academy Awards and Emmy Awards, that that's becoming less true. And we're just going to try it. We're going to see, you know, five years from now, there's not been a single woman or non-binary person that has won Best Actor. Then we might have to look at that again. I'm looking down through this list, and I am... Feeling good about it though. It is a it is a damn good mix of yeah. male, female, and other. Yeah. So we're gonna see. We're gonna we're just gonna we're just gonna see how it goes. We're gonna have best actor, best supporting actor, um, which adds another. Like I said, it's not just we're collapsing the uh, the duality into singularity. We're also taking that singularity and bifurcating it into. Actor supporting actor. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll have mm-hmm. also. Um, you know, we don't have. I. I mean, we're 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 not an official awards institution. I guess we're as official as any others. But what I'm saying is, I don't know that I have a great handle on 
lead versus supporting. I don't know that the Oscars have the world's greatest handle mm-hmm. on lead versus supporting. To be quite honest, uh, this, like I said, all we can do is be transparent. Are we ready to start? Are we ready to start? I suppose so. I'm intimidated by this category. This is now a big because, list. It's been a long shit. time since we, you know, we've been doing some minor categories for the last several days. This is a no shit category. We have 26 contenders mm-hmm. from what do we got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 12, 13 shows? It's a lot. It's a lot to work through. So, uh, should I go through the whole list? No particular order, probably. And then we'll sink sink float or to the top. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Allen White. He's Carmen Carmi from The Bear. Patricia Arquette as Harmony Coble from Severance. Britt Lauer as Heli from Severance. Joel Kinnaman as Ed Baldwin from For All Mankind. Uh, wait, what is going on here? Hold on a second. Hmm. Too many people we didn't from put For Ad- All Mankind. We didn't put Adam Scott in for Severance? Guess not. I guess not. What's the what's the rationale for that? He's a supporting actor. No, I'm kidding. Uh, As I looked, I, I, that's what the long pause was. Scroll down like, no, no. I mean, we can add him. Certainly. Uh, I mean, like it's it'd be one thing if like Patricia Arquette was or I don't know. I I feel like eh, Brent. Uh, they all did good work, but like at, like if 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 we're giving them to in this ensemble cast to people like Patricia and Brent, I feel like yeah. Then obviously we need Adam, a man in there. I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I got to keep things it. balanced. Adam Scott <laughs> as already this face. is divisive. Yeah. Uh, f- uh what's severance. his face? We'll have to fix that. Um, all right. Joel Kinnaman as Ed Baldwin <laughs> from For All Mankind. Jody Balfour as Ellen Wilson and For All Mankind. Ren Schmidt as Margot Madison for All Mankind. Chris Marshall as Danielle Poole for All Mankind. Anthony Starr as Homelander and The Boys. Sadie Sink as Max Caulfield and The Boy or I'm sorry, Stranger Things. Jamie Hector as Sean Souter, Detective Sean Souter and We Own the City. John Bernthal as Sergeant Wayne Jenkins and We Own the City. Juno Temple as Betty McCart from The Offer. Ray Seahorn as Kim Wexler from Better Call Saul. Bob Odenkirk as Jimmy McGill from Better Call Saul. John C. Riley as Jerry Buss from Winning Time. Quincy Isaiah as Magic Johnson from Winning Time. Patty Constantine as King v- King Vizzy T. King Viserys I, Targaryen. Uh, Matt Smith as Prince Damon Targaryen Emma Darcy as Princess Reina Targaryen Millie Alcock as Princess Reina Targaryen Olivia <laughs> Cook as Alicent Hightower Aaron Paul as Caleb Nichols from Westworld Markella Cavanaugh as Eleanor Nori Brandyfoot from The Rings of Power the only representative from that show mm-hmm. Kate Micucci as Stacy from Guerrero del Toro's Cabin of Curiosity Andrew Lincoln as Edgar Bradley from The Same and S Essie Davis as Nancy Bradley from the same Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosity. God damn. <laughs> that's a lot of show of things. That's lot, lots of stuff at the end there. I haven't even seen those mm-hmm. people don't have a prayer winning this category. Damn. My God, just Andy saying that Lincoln. exhausted me. I don't yeah, know I how. Know. I don't know how we're going to do this. Uh, let's start. Know, to the top. Jer- uh, Carmen from the Bear better than Harmony from Severance. Uh, sure. Or no, yeah, to the top and to the bottom. I mean, we're doing that. he's already at the top. He should be at the top. 
Okay, Patricia Arquette to the top. Uh, float. Yeah, I'll float her. She's Brit good, lower to the top. Brit, Brit lower, I like more. I would, I would put her at number two for sure. Currently, you know, I'd say she floats if we're not gonna take her at the top. Okay. Yeah, she's doesn't. Adam Scott finally got to a man to the. No, I, <laughs> that says a lot about Jeremy Allen White. What you think of him? I'm, <laughs> I'm fine with floating that. Honestly, okay, you tell me when you want to go to the top or sink somebody. Because I'm looking a lot of floating. Joel Kinnaman. That's a lot of floaters. Uh, he's good. That's uh, Ed Baldwin I'll, for All Mankind. I'll float him. Jody Balfour is Ellen Wilson for All Mankind. Mm, I might want to go to the top with this one. To the top? Okay. Um, yeah. Let me ask you this. Uh, let's let's go with Rin, what about Rin Schmidt? What about Rin Schmidt she, and, and uh, Chris Marshall? These are the three ladies from For All Mankind. We take him to the top as a unit. Danielle Poole is not like a major player in the season. Like she has a moment or two, but it's not like Ellen. Yeah, and Margo. she has a nice. She has a nice moment with her son, her husband. She's, She's got. I, I, I loved her as the no nonsense commander of the Martian mission. But uh-huh. yeah, her her shining seasons were like you know first and second. I feel like yes. they really gave her the spotlight. So I'd put Jody Balfour and Rinschmidt to the top. Okay, no room for the top for women of color. Nope, uh, not yet. <laughs> All right, let's uh, go on to Anthony Starr. To the top? Oh, how good was this season for Anthony Starr? Come uh, on, Jim. Let's light this candle. Yeah, this was the Soldier Boy season. Mm, yeah, why not? To the All top right. for I, now. I, I got, but, we're not even making the arguments yet. We're just we're just uh-huh. sorting people into the Sadie Sink, Max Caulfield, uh, Stranger Things. To the top. Okay. Uh Jamie Hector as Sean Suter from We Own the City. Ooh. Ooh. See, this is this is it's already getting tough just sinking and floating, dude. I know. I, I like him, but he's not the splashiest performance on that show, he's, for it's sure. It's a very lockdown performance, mm-hmm. which pays off dividends in the finale. Mm-hmm. But it is a very lockdown performance. Yeah. I might I be tempted to float. float. And then okay. John Bernthal to the top? John Bernthal to the top. What a piece of shit, but yeah. I don't know that this is acting. I feel like in a lot of ways, you know, John Bernthal is just being John Bernthal, but like also it's damn good. Also memorable cameo in the bear. The bear. I feel oh, like a yeah, little, little reflected brother. shine is helping him boost here. Uh-huh. It's good. Good Bernthal year. Good Bernthal year. The last five shit, probably longer have been good Bernthal years. Uh, Juno Temple as Betty McCart in the offer. Sure, she's uh, the assistant to generic what's his face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the guy I don't care for. Uh he had a big year too, speaking of uh big years. God, what is his name? Uh Miles Teller. Uh, right, right. Uh I don't know. I like her, but I want to float her. Okay. Float her, barely know her. Yeah. Floating Juno Temple, re, uh, Ray Seahorn, rather. Oh, as man. Tim Wexler. I think Ray and Bob, is, uh, you know, Bob Odenkirk is Jimmy. Those those should both go to the top. To the top. 
Yeah. Gosh, John C. Riley's Jerry Bus. Oh, you man. It's such an entertaining performance, and there's like a surprising amount of depth to it, too. Like, he deals with a lot of stuff. He deals with the death of his beloved mother. Uh, my favorite scene is him successfully buying the Lakers and then going out onto the court just himself in this whole building and being like, oh, my God, I own this. I fucking own this. And then kind of slowly losing his mind at the implication that he owns a sports team that's failing and he's got to turn and he's like collapses at midcourt and just starts screaming in mania. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Is it is it to the top worthy, though, especially when it got Quincy Isaiah? As just a fantastic Magic Johnson. Mmm. Mmm. All right. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna I'm gonna float John C. Riley and I'm gonna send Quincy Isaiah to the top. Okay. And I've honestly, seen Quincy Isaiah and anything before. His name is familiar. Um, I thought I reckon. Hold on a second. Let me look it up. Quincy Isaiah. As where is? Oh wow. Yeah, he does kind of look like a young Magic Johnson. Oh, the casting. Like I said, uh, I got to find out who did Kareem Abdul-Jabbar the next because he narrowly avoided getting in here, too. Um, yeah, what the hell has he been in? Where's this? Uh, wow, he's been in Corporate Coffee, a short film, oh, and Winning it? Time. Okay, yeah. I've never seen him in anything. This guy's been discovered, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really like him. Uh, like who is the guy that plays? Yeah, Solomon Hughes as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is really fucking good too. But he might be in supporting, to be honest. We'll see. God damn, he's six foot eleven too. Wow, they cast the shit out of this show. <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen Winning Time and you have any affection at all for basketball, the history of basketball, um, if you liked, uh, this is, this is essentially the offer, except for instead of constructing the best film of all time, they're constructing, uh, one of the most storied franchises of all time. They've got a amazing young, uh, Larry Bird mm-hmm. out in Boston and he's played like a serial killer. It's just so, oh God, this, I can't say enough about this show. Um, Patty Constantine as King Viserys, the first Targaryen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm who of this? Okay, who of Matt Smith, Emma, Dar- Emma Darcy, <laughs> Millie Alcock, Olivia Cook, and uh, uh, the, the 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 House of the Dragon crew? Which of these do we not want to send to the top? None of them. You don't want to send any of them to the top? No, you said which of these do we not want to send oh, to the top? Oh, and oh, I said oh, none of them. So all of them. Hmm. Uh, the hot, the hot D class as a block going to the top. <laughs> yeah, how can I not? I mean, half of them are playing the same character. So yeah, I thought you might you might go show your black uh, bottom. I mean, yeah, we can get rid of Olivia and, Cook and for get sure. rid of Olivia. Exactly. I, yeah, I actually go thought to you might bottom. say that unironically. <laughs> uh, Aaron Paul's Caleb Nichols. This dude uh, did yeah, great this work. Is his season right? Uh, like a guy who's in a uh, robot body that's slowly losing control of it and he's just trying to keep going for his daughter like he I don't again I like to say I don't I, I don't know what that looks like but it probably mm-hmm. looks something like this um yeah I think he did an amazing job this season I think let's, let's I don't give know him his due and 
put him to up the top? top. Yeah, why not? All right. I also just really like Aaron Paul. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I'm biased. What about but... what about Markella Cavanaugh as Eleanor Nori oh, Brandyfoot from the Rings of Power? Man. Um, The thing is, is I don't know. If you're trying to judge um, Elijah Wood's performance as Frodo for from the first 20, 30 minutes. Sure. But they gave her a lot of stuff to do this. I, yeah, I'm just trying to be like. And it's hard to say. I mean, that's the other thing. It's hard to shine through when the material is subpar. And I feel like For definitely sure. the material here is subpar. Yeah. So. I, I want to say to the top because, man, she's easily like the thing I enjoyed most about that show. I, I, I don't know if she'll hang there at the top with some of these other okay. actors. At least we'll yeah. get a chance to talk about talk about her. Mm hmm. Uh, Kate Machucci, 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 Machucci as I know. Uh, yeah, these, dirty, these last but... three. So Kate Machucci, Andrew Lincoln, and Essie Davis. I don't know this show. I don't know these episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, are we to the top in anybody? Yeah, man, man, that that last episode is so amazing. Uh, and that's the one with Andrew Lincoln and Essie Davis. But I think like the better performance overall is Kate Micucci. She's boy, she stands out in that episode uh, as just a really good actor. Person? Have I seen this person? You know her. Thing? You've seen her. Oh yeah, Micucci. Yeah, uh, boy. I-, I wonder how many people have seen this show. Probably not a lot. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's an anthology series by Guillermo del Toro called Cabinet of Curiosities. Um, I, I want to throw her t- to the top here because I think it's a super mm. strong performance and I want to talk about it. I don't know. God, I don't think I've I actually don't think I've seen her in seen anything. It. She's been in a lot of voice work, but I don't think I've actually seen her in anything. You recognize her face, though, right? She has a very distinctive look. She does have a distinctive face, but like I no, I don't think so. Wow. Okay. Uh, so send Kate to the top. Yeah. Okay. And then it's such a shame not to put Andrew Lincoln and Essie Davis up there too, but like, do you want to? God damn. Yes. Yes, I do. All right. I do. All right. Well, then tell us about it. Why I'm doing that? Because this is your chance to talk about why they deserve the baldy gold. Oh. Okay, yeah. Well, as we go through back this list here, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Andrew Lincoln is Edgar Bradley. All right. And Andrew I guess Essie Davis is Nancy Bradley, either sister or wife. Uh, wife. Yeah. Would would you uh, would it surprise you to know that Andrew Lincoln is actually a really good actor? No, no, and it would he not. was saddled with a bullshit TV show for twelve years of his life or whatever. I would easily believe that. Because, boy, it's all on display in this episode. Um, This is a horror anthology. So uh, Nancy and Edgar go to an island where they are kind of stuck there. They stay in a cottage where something bad has happened and there are ghosts there. Um, They are bird watchers who are are just kind of there to do their work. 
and it takes it's a um period piece too so it takes place in like the 20s the 40s somewhere in there um and Andrew Lincoln in a period piece huh yeah yeah um and it's it, the 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 emotional so so I say it's a horror anthology but this is not particularly a horror episode like there are some creepy there's a creepy atmosphere in this but ultimately the resolution of this is more emotional than it is horror um it's not typical horror stuff this is the last episode in that show and it's kind of a tour de force for both of these actors um they're asked to do some really hard work some really like emotionally deep and affecting stuff and the the places that they both go to are impressive in a horror short uh-huh yeah yeah it, wow. it's weird it was like all of all of the show up to this episode i've been like okay that was a horror that that was horror through and through the resolution was like dark and creepy and fucked up this is different this is like kind of beautiful kind of inspiring kind of like like i said it's it's more of an emotional ending than a than a horror ending um which is so better I, I think they belong at the top of this list. I, I don't know. That's going to be the hard thing is like separating them. And it's almost why I didn't want to put them to the top because I can't just pick one of them. They play off each other so much and so well. Just like watching Andrew Lincoln despair that he's losing his wife to irrationality and insanity and um, over the course of this episode... And then the way it comes back around for them is, uh, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking, uh, and they both portray that incredibly well. Well, I'm I'm excited because I think what I've decided to do is I'm going to watch this this spooky season, get an early start, like late September. Oh yeah, go yeah. Ahead and get into Cabinet of Curiosities, but uh, no, do it, man. There are there are like four or five episodes in there in like a eight episode run that yeah. I think most of them, like all of them, are good. Some of them are great. Uh, and it's well, got a lot of people I recognize, and and she honestly watches way more television and movies than I do. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, she turned I'm me on stuck. to this too. I'm stuck repeating a lot. Um, Absolutely. All right. Well, gun to your head, Andrew Lincoln or Essie Davis? Goddamn. Uh, gun to my head. We'll be right back with more bald move after this brief pause. And now back with more bald move i think i'm biased by my affinity for him but andrew lincoln i i oh. kind of want i kind of want him You're to biased have. by your masculine frame i'd already the blood the actor category of bloodbath men it's, it's, leapfrogging over women uh-huh sure uh it's <laughs> because <laughs> walking dead ate up so much of his career and to see that he can do shit like this when asked to yeah yeah just nudging him out but i don't know kate mccucci um as stacy so this is an episode where she plays opposite of gilfoyle from silicon valley um as her husband fucking couple dude yeah like the whole point of this so this feels like a pretty brave thing for an actor to do it's always the, the paul giamatti thing right where they hire paul giamatti to be a fucking schlub let's get the schlubbiest actor we can to play a schlub 
and that's why we're hiring you. Danny DeVito, you're a fucking weird troll creature. We want you to play that. Uh, <laughs> this is one of those right. instances where Kate Micucci is definitely not a conventionally attractive person. Yeah. And that is what the episode is all about. It is her Seems like grappling. Nerd, nerd and geek adjacent women. Totally. Um, it's her grappling with the idea that she is not attractive and seeing all these attractive people living attractive people, fun, beautiful, exciting, socializing lives and envying that and doing okay. whatever she can to try and grab a piece of that. And it's like, I think, like I said, there's there's a bravery in that. Just admitting like this is who I am. This is how people see me. And then playing into that has got to be a hard thing to do. Um, and then the episode itself asks her to do a lot, it, both both from like um, that perspective, but also just performance wise. She needs to act like a loving spouse. She needs to act like a person losing her mind. She needs to act like a person who has found her center and her life and is, is popular and, and loved by everyone. It's a big range that she goes on and it gets weird. Um, hmm. and it, she's just fantastic in it. I want to say uh, it's an even better performance than either of the, I don't think I the episode is as good. It's, it's almost as good, but I think her performance in it is better than Andrew Lincoln or SC Davis. Okay, so we're going to send her to the top of this court or the triplet? Yeah, totally. And if you haven't okay. watched those two episodes of Cabinet of Curiosities, at least those two, those are the standouts. All right, so let's talk about Markella Cavanaugh as Eleanor Nori Brandyfoot in the Rings of Power. Um, I, 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 it, the thing is, is it's fine. Like, I was, I, I don't know. Like, we, could easily put no one on this category because again i don't know anything about most of these actors uh backstory and career mm -hmm. uh i've the ones that i have i do know i've seen them do better work but i just think that there's a lot of thankless thankless material now i do think that the storyline that succeeded the most was anything with durin on the, on the dwarf side but almost as good i think the relationship between the stranger and nori here and her arc of being this kind of like, you know, Turkish uh, pre-Hobbit, uh, one that's a little, you know, born a little bit bolder than the others, uh, a little bit more predisposition to roam and stray um, and to, to bend the rules, getting saddled with this enormous human wizard thing. Um, mm -hmm. And she's just just really charming and likable in that role, too, in, in a way that reminded me a lot of... Uh, you know, Elijah Woods, uh, Frodo, big eyes, you know, yeah. very innocent features. Um, but I don't know, like the show, uh, even when she was at her most, uh, to like her emotional limit, like when, you know, her dad was being left for dead by the group, uh, when the scary, uh, Swedish death metal elves showed up. Um, mm -hmm. I, I feel like, again, the material just wasn't quite, you know, this wasn't Sam and Frodo on the on on the 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 hill, the, the sides of Mount Doom, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I don't think I just I wanted to praise a particular performance from the show that I did not like much at all. And yeah, uh, I can't in good conscience put her above the cabinet crew. All right, what about Aaron Paul? Um, I think hmm. he did. This is a really hard role mm-hmm. where you have to sell somebody. You got to like make someone care about this endless series of instances of a person. Um, he's got to act completely insane. You know, there's like in the same scene where he's playing himself, he's playing six other versions of himself that are like all the way down and covered in blood and screaming. Um, the one that we, the, the hero, Caleb, I thought, you know, like the way he played the loss of control of his, of his, uh, physical body. Um, and you have to do it with post season one Westworld characterizations, which is not an easy task, I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, he had to sell a relationship between him and his daughter, Cookie, um that you know had to like instantly work when he sees the 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 grown-up version that you know i i think he's given some really good dialogue there about you know what is what is real what's not real it's something that westworld likes to talk about a lot and i thought he did a really good job i thought you know uh he still got that thing where he can make his whole body shake and the veins pop out on his forehead oh yeah uh, when he's really trying to moat and really trying to summon up a huge effort of will and uh, he was one of the reasons I thought season four of Westworld really worked up until the finale and eventual cancellation when the wheels fell off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I would put him above Markella Kavanaugh, but I'm going to I did presumably above the cabinet people since I haven't seen them. But I'm going to you, you tell me you've seen them both. Um, Boy, above the cabinet people. The cabinet people sounds like a Stephen King horror movie. Uh, that's tough, man. Um, this is probably going to be biased towards things we've both seen. Also, this is not our top five list. Like, I'm not. No, I don't no. want to be too precious about this because Patty Constantine is about to rocket to the top. If I have anything to say about it, so. yeah, we haven't talked about uh, a lot of the higher profile ones yet. Um, yeah. So I let's like, you know what? There. Fuck it. Let's float, let's float him. him there. All yep. right. Patty Constantine is King Viserys uh, uh, Targaryen. Ah, <sighs> yeah. He's so good. Th- here's the thing. I didn't know Patty Constantine had this gear. Uh, yeah, I've seen him in some fun stuff. I've seen him in some serious uh-huh. stuff, but I've never seen him in a. Well, and if this is a huge ensemble cast, maybe no one's a lead, but like if I think this, this five we have picked up are excellent leads, and I think he arguably did the hardest work um under increasingly difficult amounts of makeup and cg sure sure and did some of his best work under those circumstances yeah um some of these actors got replaced by new actors so they didn't have to do these transformations uh patty constantine was there as a constant constant dean patty constantine dean yeah uh much like matt smith was uh, and Olivia Cook, right? Yeah, no, Olivia Cook was she definitely, replaced? I can't. Yeah, remember. she was replaced. She replaced herself. She was uh the you know you had young Allison, old Allison. The only ones that's like you got the yeah yeah she played both of them right. 
Yeah, you got Matt Smith, P- Steve Toussaint, uh, Eve Best. Those were like the constants. Everybody else essentially mm-hmm. turned over. Oh, oh, okay. I'm confused. Anyway, so, uh, and, and and the thing is, is like I've you know this is um, like I felt good about this king. Like this seemed like a good guy. He he was not especially strong or especially smart or especially shrewd, but he, I think he actually gave a shit about being the king. He gave a shit about the uh, where, welfare of the people. Definitely cared about his family. Um, made some bad choices here and there, but probably not fatal. He probably wasn't getting that leal counsel from his hand like you'd want. Um, and just like watching this man slowly waste and destroy mm-hmm. himself for this position he held. And I felt like towards the end, you know, when he was like really old and sick and just wasting away, like goddamn near heroic performance. Uh, him taking the Iron Throne that one last time and kind of settling all the family's business. Well, <laughs> for for all of half an episode, I still think is inspiring. And the duet he does with Matt Smith in that scene is just incredible. And yeah. even in that state that he can still draw his uh, his dagger and set up this, you know, crown like snarl and set up this crowning moment of awesome for Damon's character. Um, yeah, I I uh, I'm going to miss Patty going into season two for sure. That's the thing. He he started off as what I think of like Patty Constantine performance, which is kind of meek, kind of mm-hmm. like under the radar. But by the end of it, he had had his moments to shine, to to take control, to try and set things right, and and really be a presence in these in the kingdom. And I think, yeah, that that showed more range than I expected him to have. Um, See, so yeah, I was thoroughly impressed. I'd say uh, we could you, probably go to the top. Are of them. you okay taking him to the top? Yeah, um, I think his uh, like, <laughs> unlike the real life King Viserys, I don't think his reign will be long, but uh, mm-hmm. it's it's lasting a little a little bit. Uh, Matt Matt Smith. Well, let me say this: I want to put him at the bottom of the bunch, the bottom of the uh, Targaryen crew here, or how a dragon crew. Is that what we'll call does him? he get above everybody? Does he get above everybody else? Does he? Because uh, I I agree. Like I, I think this was an enormously entertaining role. I uh-huh. thought that Matt Smith seemed like he had a lot of fun, and it's not that he didn't do anything dramatic, but like you know, right. D- Damon's character doesn't lend itself to. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's a kind of a closed book. He yeah. is. He is one note. He's awesome. Yep. He's terrible, and, and that like awesome, and like he can also be terrible kind of way. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd put him right underneath Patty, but again, I haven't seen the the, the cabinet of curiosities. So, yeah, I I don't know. I kind of want to separate them with the the curiosity crew. Uh, really? Goddamn. Okay. Yeah, it just it, the perform the the All character three of them. The character doesn't better. ask as much as any of those those characters. That material, um, yeah. He even is though really he plays cool. it perfectly, I, I keep thinking back that there's a couple of memes. Um, there's one that uh, was set to Eminem's "The Real Slim Shady," and it contrasted Damon here <laughs> with Amond. You know, the who is like you know kind of like cat you know copying him, and it kept on cutting back between Damon being the real Slim Shady, and of course Eamon being the the fake, right? The copy, the counterfeit. Okay. And mm-hmm. the scenes that they 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 picked from that, like contrasting, was really good. And the other meme was the um 
it was captioned like i love the way that uh damon silently asks for approval from rhaenyra to commit crimes and her subtle nod that she's allowing him to commit crimes right before he cuts vayman's head off Mm -hmm. because there's a scene where like vayman's talking his shit and you know, uh, Damon's sitting there beside Rhaenyra listening to it and he kind of like puts his hand on the hilt and he looks over to her and then she looks over to him side eye and, and nods and then the next scene he's creeping <laughs> up behind him and I'm like that is I don't know like they, they did a man it was a real dance between those two of, of like who was dominant and who was uh, I guess not submissive but who was who was in control versus who wasn't um Sure. I, and again, I I, I can't, uh, like I said, you, you're the one that's seen both of them. So let's talk about Emma Darcy. Yeah, this is where it gets real complicated because this is two actors playing the same character. It's hard to separate the performances, but we kind of have to. <laughs> the, the thing is, is like, and I know they denied this, but like, I found it very hard to believe that they didn't work out like different tells and things because they're so they, alike. Yeah. I mean, maybe this is really good casting and directing, but mm-hmm. Millie did a damn fine job of being just a 10 year younger Emma. Totally. And then vice versa. Just Emma being older. Um, I mean, some of the ways like they would, they would uh, like tilt their head and smile were just uncanny. Like there, there was another where people did uh, for, for both this and Olivia and I forget who played the, the younger Allison, um, but they did side by side of like, you know, their characters in very similar clothing and lighting and let their head tilted the same way. And it's just like, it was just really uncanny to see the continuity in the performance. So, <sighs> Yeah, they, these are more complex roles than Matt Smith's role. Um, maybe that'll For change. Sure. Maybe he'll get more to do next season um, as he becomes, you know, less of a caricature, more of a character. Do you agree um, with taking these both to the top? I think I, so. I okay. Yeah. That's what I want to do. Like I said, they kind of come in a pair for me. I Well, now, because there's the next question is, I think Emma's... The, I think they had slightly stronger adult material and Millie was stuck with a lot of spoiled teenage, you know, feckless bullshit. Uh, Absolutely. But extremely winning. Extremely yes. winning. Uh, like almost maybe more charming and likable mm-hmm. than Emma's take as a, you know, kind of an older. Agree. Yeah. Uh, but but like technically, I think Emma was had the, the stronger material. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Um, A lot of times it just comes down to the material, right? Like you've got actors acting at such high levels. Yeah. Any of these people probably could step into a role with different material and nail it too. But yeah, I think think you're right. uh, So then here's the question. Olivia Cook, I think is better and had more difficult material than Matt Smith because she... Oh yeah, played yeah, a, just an sure. a, a villain like, and there's mm-hmm. a skill set just like we talked with. Um, ah, shit, who is a Joffrey Jack Gleason? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that takes <laughs> a, a lot of acting talent to take a, a shit heel and just really bring the heat from the audience, like really lean into that. That's like, yeah, uh, it, it's like you said, it's a brave thing for an actor to do to like court that much hate from an audience, uh, but it's also a skill. 
it's risky in the era after Jack Gleason. I think the thing I learned from J- watching Jack Gleason perform as Joffrey is that this has real world consequences uh, for the actor. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the that's the bravery that you're talking about. Yeah, is you become that character in people's minds, and if you portray it well enough and distinctively enough, that sticks with you. It's something you can't shake, even if you want to. Um, I don't think Olivia gets quite there. She's not Joffrey. No. But she oh, is God, no. kind of a hateable character. Yeah. From she, the, she's just the a little more shows... understandable, right? She's She comes by yeah. it semi-honestly. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Whereas I don't want to get... I'm trying not to get into the green and the black shit. of it all. Because, yeah, like, she's nowhere near... <laughs> Uh, Joffrey levels of not being under, you know, like just maliciousness and whatnot. And uh, you said she came by it all honestly. A lot of this was, you know, Machiavellian machinations by her father. Ugh. Um, yeah. But I think what she did was better because, like, Matt Smith was just all he had to do is be fucking cool. Uh, oh, Olivia yeah. Cook had to be sympathetic and self righteous and, uh, and hypocritical. And a loving mother, but also like kind of pissed off that her kids suck and like, yeah like that's the iron the, the, the irony i mean that's what i said that's such a great character but also she, manipulable yeah it came out of this like extremely pious pious um and mm-hmm. self-righteous but and the the irony is that rhaenyra had the children that she kind of wanted mm-hmm. and but she was living the lifestyle that should have gotten those children right like she right. was doing everything from her perspective correctly, and yet she was getting these. You know, she was married to the true king with his trueborn children. She's got all these bastards over here from some lowborn git, and they're you know like this hypocritical. Ma- but yet it worked because mm-hmm. there was actually love there. Whereas I don't know that there was much love. It was just all fear and and insecurity and jealousy in that house. Yeah, totally. Um, so, yeah, I, I put her above Matt Smith, um, mm-hmm. but if you, I, I would put her. Above, what do you think? Does she make it past the the uh, Cabinet Curiosity crew? <sighs> if Jesus. not, I gotta she see ha- these fucking here's minisodes, man. That's I what I was gonna I gotta, say. Is the they the Cabinet crew, the Curiosity crew, gets one episode each. Olivia Cook got like six. So it kind of waits in her favor because we get to explore her more, more in depth. I would think, I would think, because that's the other thing the show got to do. They got to like, you know, let you hate her as a character and then came back and then at a later date and showed you different side. Like, do you still hate her? A lot of people said yes, but you know. Yeah. Um, I don't want to undersell the curiosity crew, but yes, I think she belongs up near the top here okay um so god almost. i don't know if she goes over patty yeah that's where i'm like struggling does she she go at the bottom of the crew i guess matt smith is technically at the bottom but yeah i like i said i don't there's no yeah. fucking if she gets past patty there's no fucking way she's getting past she's the next team two. green fuck her she belongs at yeah. she belongs at the bottom <laughs> there you go there you go <laughs> Uh, okay, so we're warped back down to Aaron Paul. Um, okay, did we talk about? Yeah, we've already talked about them, right? Oh, oh geez, yeah. now I got the problem. Quincy Isaiah is Magic Johnson from Winning Time. Mm-hmm. Poor guy's not going to get into the top five. I don't. 
I mean, he's, uh, I would argue, better than up to Matt Smith. Oh, and, wow. But now this is like, And then this yeah. is the wall, right? Where I haven't seen Winning Time, you haven't seen curiosity right? so what the, this yeah this is uh this is bullshit man this guy did eight episodes and i got this one episode crew <laughs> clogging up the works here's the thing none of these but i but i wouldn't say five. he's better than Olivia. i wouldn't say he's better than olivia cook okay it's it's yeah well then i don't think it's gonna matter because we still have a murderer's row here to talk okay. about um Isaiah taught or the so Quincy Isaiah playing Magic Johnson as this sweet, uh, kind of naive kid, uh, extremely likable. He's always mm-hmm. been this charming with women and handsome. And Magic Johnson's famous for just having this it factor. It's the smile, it's the but it's also on the court. It, he was a ruthless competitor that just loves sticking it to Larry Bird and all the other competitors. Um, you know. And he captured all that. Like you see, like this guy is a rookie coming into his organization, negotiating his deal, meeting his family. Like, um, I don't know. Like I said, I barely was interested in this storyline. I was primarily because I was a big Larry Bird fan. How can I not be? I'm a kid from Indiana. Mm-hmm. So it was Larry Bird. I got in and, I, you know, I kind of became sports aware at the tail end of of, of, of his his career he coached uh, the indiana know, team for a long time coach yeah. coached the pacers for a long time was on the dream team mm-hmm. uh, which was a huge you know if you're a gen xer older millennial that was like a huge moment in sports as uh, in your childhood and it was just kind of neat to see this like i've always heard the showtime lakers showtime i got in the tail end the showtime lakers uh like what did they look like at their prime and the, how the league operated in its prime how it tr- went from like this you know predominantly kind of you know, stiff and stodgy white guy league to the Showtime Lakers where it's running and mm-hmm. gunning and passing and dunking. Um, yeah. And, and you know, you have to be interested in the hero f- to be interested in his journey. And yeah, this guy's like, again, second thing he's really done, kind of the first thing. I think it was a short, strong, strong rookie, rookie season there. Um, did I already put him? Yeah, I already put him over. So yeah, and you you say no on the cabinet of curiosity. So I guess that's, that's <laughs> right. That. I haven't seen Winning Time. So um, if he's not going we'll above to, any of we the might have to hot D people, because the thing is, like, if, if if I put him over Olivia, then we might have to go some coin of doom stuff. But right, um, uh, if you're saying these guys are better than Olivia, then who am I, mean, I to I'll, say I'll, otherwise? I'll coin a doom it for you know. Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, the, the, yeah, but like I don't know. Well, we'll <laughs> I don't think it's gonna matter. That's thing? what I'm saying. I want to say if he's not even the top 10, then why would I waste a coin flip? Uh, okay, so since the last time we talked about this, I have seen all of season five. Oh, uh, which is not Saul. the season in contention here, right? It's season six. No, and boy, I really didn't like a decision they made in season. I will say yep. that the three episodes that closed season five are about as strong as uh, three hours of television I've ever seen. And yeah. the way they set up season six of this giant Machiavelli plan to take down fucking <laughs> the unwashed asshole of Howard that uh. I've secretly <laughs> thought is a kind of a good guy by this point in the season. Seems like it's going to be a lot oh of fun. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, dude. You're going to lose your mind. That whole plot. You're going to lose the, your the, mind. What they said that they're I like, I have yeah. this idea that they are literally everything that they mentioned they're going to do to him, no matter how funny or outlandish they are actually going to do to him in this upcoming season. And they're going to leave this man with nothing. 
Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel like at the end of the season he's gonna look like he's gonna look like rickety cricket. <laughs> like season uh-huh. season yeah. eight rickety cricket Scarred he's missing half teeth. of his face. Yeah, yeah. like maybe may losing some fingers or toes, mm-hmm. blind from chemical <laughs> emergency. I don't know, man. This is fucking insane. Um, so, but unfortunately, I really hated for a lot of the season Kim Wexler and what she was becoming. Um, yes there's a decision she makes in season five that i hated as well i did not understand yeah Yeah. Uh, and i also say this i think that the gould the 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 villa gould game team gives these people shakespearean dialogue at least once a season that doesn't feel like it's earned it just feels like i want to let bob odenkirk make an emmy reel so I'm going to have him just completely lose his fucking shit in the uh, in the courtroom for no fucking good reason and just scream and yell and and do a long wander down a hallway with Howard. <laughs> and the same thing with like and I'm like, well, God, if the writers are just serving this sh- just red meat up for you to, to sink your teeth into and it doesn't have to make mm-hmm. sense in, in, in the flow of the season or your character development or anything. So that's how that's how that's my thinking on these two going through season five um what yeah, i mean think, season though? six though you know it's the the culmination of their story right it's the, um, it's the better be their fucking thesis statement i yeah it is it is um he, here's the thing this show is about bob odenkirk uh his his jimmy mcgill character and i think it shows in the final season they do plenty of work with kim but the focus is the focus for Kim's character is what she means to Jimmy. Um, and so, of course, Bob Odenkirk is given the best material and he nails it. I mean, Bob Odenkirk in this final season has to play three different characters. Uh, he's got to play Jimmy. He's got to play Saul and he's got to play Gene. And the gene stuff is really like I like where they left that in season five I'm very interested in the gene stuff uh, I will say they they have a departure from their typical format because like in previous seasons it's been you get one gene scene at the beginning of the season sure and then I think you get one at the end and that's it or do you just Not get five. one at the beginning you, you just got the one in the beginning yeah yeah it's all the beginning and it's and that's it um, so it's been slow feeding that stuff, slow dripping it. You're going to get more of it in the season, which makes sense, right? It's like, but, but they break with the format of doing the, the scene at the beginning. They don't do that. Uh, cause you're going to get more later, but man, the, the final like disposition of those characters is <laughs> alternatively heartbreaking and heartwarming. I can't even imagine. I'm trying to even now put into context what the hell that means in con- of, of, of where these characters now, and it's like that's. Like yeah, I, said, I can't even imagine. The last I, I don't. Is a I don't know. Roller coaster, man. I, I can't, like, yeah, like, what is this fucking? How? Where do they end at going into the Breaking Bad era, and then where do they get? Where do they end at at the Gene era? Yeah, has Kim just been chilling in the black and white the whole time with Jimmy? Like, I still, Who I can't believe knows? I'm one season away and I have no fucking clue. <laughs> Yeah, and in some ways that's great, and in some ways it's like indicative of the a bit of an indictment of the show. Yeah, yeah, kind of spinning the wheels they've done. Um, but I don't know. I have no indictment for Racy Horner, Bob Odenkirk. They're both amazing in this final season, and they're asked to do so much. Um, 
Are I, they I, going? Let me ask you this: Are we to the top territory with these two, or are we I think to so. the bottom of the Rhaenyra contingent, or we're to the top? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, and like I said, I'd give the edge to Bob Odenkirk over Ray Seahorn. Okay. I think, like I said, he's asked to do more, and the subtlety with which he pulls that off is incredible. I, Bob Odenkirk is. You know, when we saw Breaking Bad, we were like, oh, my God, Brian Cranston is the best actor I've ever seen. Like, yeah. legit, that's how I felt. Mm-hmm. Bob Odenkirk is no slouch. He is not tarnishing the name of the Breaking Bad universe as the lead of this show. It, he's not he's not asked to do it on a weekly basis like Brian Cranston was. But that's the thing when like, he needs season- to, he pulls out all those stops and nails it. There's many stretches in season four or five where it didn't even feel like it was Jimmy's show. Right. Totally. Like it's the it's Nacho like show and, and or it's the Lalo yeah. show or the, yeah, it, it just like, it's like we went away from the, even like Kim, like, you know, it'd be Kim's show sometimes, but not like it was such mm-hmm. a, um, so let me ask you this. Are you a hundred percent sure that the work Ray Seahorn did on Better Call Saul in season six is better than Emma and Millie's or Patty's for that matter? Yeah. I'm suggesting a split. Oh, a split? Okay. What? Hmm. I don't know because I, I, again, I haven't seen it, but God, I'm saying I'm, you're I'm really saying that both of them, both of them are better than what Emma, Millie, and Patty did. Here's the House thing. The, when the I was Dragon. thinking of season six, when did season six start? Because when I think of season uh, six of Better I, Call Saul, I think of the second half of season it's six. It's two batches of it, right. And I think the within the first start, you took a break in like June. I thought it was July and August is the, the last stretch of that. It's definitely in contention for this year though, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah the whole doubt. season is. April. Yeah. yeah, it started in April. Took but a break it after. in August. Yeah, it came back in July. It came back in in mid July and and rained until August. Uh, and I would say Kim does. Yeah, Kim does some truly incredible. uh, Kim Ray does some truly incredible work in the first half of that season, but they give the best stuff to Bob Odenkirk at the end of the second half. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I mean, being a first season for these uh, House of Dragon characters versus being a final season for Bob Odenkirk and Ray Seahorn makes me think that they both belong up at the top there. Mm, because naturally, right? Bullshit. Your best, your best material needs to be the climax of characters you've been with for multiple years. It's it's inherently going to be more affecting. All right. Uh, what do we do with Sergeant Wayne Jenkins, John Bernthal? <sighs> it suffers from Bernthalness, right? Like <laughs> this is this is just how Bernthal acts. Hmm. Do I agree with that? Like, name me a role where he hasn't like Wolf of Wall Street. He plays this character. Walking Dead. He plays this character. Like. But I don't. Yeah, I don't think he agree. I don't think I agree that this is the same. This is um, Shane. That this is the Punisher. Um, because there's like this heroic side 
uh to wayne jenkins like i i I get the idea that he started off as probably a pretty good police officer and i mean that's the whole thesis (laughs) of we own the city it's it's not necessarily if 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 all cops are bastards it's because we have made the police institutions a bastard making factory and we have done that with the laws we've allowed to be uh passed with the laws that we emphasize and prosecute um Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's like, you know, however you feel about like this uh, new Palestine thing going on in Ohio, whether you think it's a new Chernobyl or whether you think it's just a pretty bad chemical spill in a poor rural town. um, The fact that like and no doubt in my mind, none of the people responsible for that are going to do probably more than a year or two in jail if they do that. Yeah, there's no way, you know, you get some kid with three strikes on a coke, you know, on a coke or heroin record and they're going to go away for life. And mm-hmm. as long as there that inherent fairness is baked into the system, uh, you're going to you're you're just you're you're going to get a shitty justice system. And we own the city was a master thesis on that, and is extremely well told story. And John Bernthal has to be likable, it has to be relatable, but ultimately has to be seen as a monster. But not just not just outside the universe, but inside the universe too. You need good cops to turn his back their back on him too. Um. And I don't know, like, I can't think of, like, I think of, like, who steps in his role and is as effective. Can you think of anybody who could have played this? No, I mean, he's perfect for the role. He's perfect. Um, Because you got to do all that and also sell this kind of, like, working class, blue collar, you know, balmer background, right? And And a guy that that I could see is not always having been shitty, right? Um, yeah, yeah. There's something likable about John Bernthal that that comes through in his performance, despite some of the the nastier material he has. Yeah, and you can see why cops worshipped him, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think I think he needs to go up. Um. Uh. Okay. I think I would put him above Olivia Cook, and then that's about where it would get tough for me. In fact, boy, even okay. even the Quincy Matt layer is kind of tough. Oh, yeah? And then you got the thick layer, the ablative armor of <laughs> Guillermo de Toro's cop cabinet of curiosity. You can't just yeah, none of those penetrate are top one five, layer. Right? So, does this guy get to the top five? Does John Bernthal... No, he doesn't get to the top five. Okay. Then it's not super important, but I mean, I could see him going as high as Olivia Cook. I hmm, no, no, I can't. I can see him going over Matt Smith. That's that's about where my heart. He's not going to get in the top ten. Jesus Christ! I mean, it's John Bernthal mockery of us with this cabinet of curiosities, (laughs) man. I mean, watch it and tell me that they don't deserve to be there. All right. Uh, what about Sadie Sink as Max Caulfield from Stranger Things? I think we did that just because she, oh, I think, Sadie. was the best, given uh, the best work to do. Yeah, um, it's her season. And I guess I would put her over, I would get her over the Aaron Paul level, so she would go to 13. But I don't think she's a threat for the top 10, especially with this yeah. nice, thick layer of cabinet curiosity soaking up three spots. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's fine. I I could go higher, okay. but I don't care. So 
She's not gonna be top okay. five. Forget well, wait, it. Where, where I just curious, where would you put her? Uh, I'd go as high as having not seen Winning Time. I'd go to number ten for her, but she runs what, into okay, the wall. Okay, so let me ask you this: What was the standout moments for Sadie? Um, that didn't involve it's, demonic it's, possession. Well, is, I, I was gonna say it's all the stuff she does in the the Upside Down with Vecna. Um, her relationship with Lucas, uh, just just how you know. She, she's very max in this season she's very like uh damaged at the beginning of it right um i think how much she's of her performance her relies on kate bush running up that hill a fair bit a fair <laughs> bit i mean the, the memes i'm playing devil's advocate because sure. i really liked her too but like i'm i'm as i'm thinking about it, i'm really struggling to pick out I liked the her. Really I liked her grumpy, moments. her grumpy Gus moments. Right, her hurt. Yeah, uh, she was very withdrawn this episode. She was definitely in the will position this episode, this season. Uh, and I liked the beat she had with Lucas. That. Uh-huh. that was a lot of like late, late season stuff. But you know, that's where all the good stuff was in the season, arguably. Yeah, totally. Um, but I really like those moments. But you're right; it's not. It's not going to crack probably even the top 10 here if so. i really could i'd make a deal with jim to bust up his block of curiosities <laughs> but why <laughs> but why none of Just them are funny. in the top five yet or at all okay so. but you you but you're saying you would take her you would you'd put her over matt's over matt smith really maybe At least she had two notes. Matt Smith had one, right? I, I don't know. He doesn't have one. Nah, That's not nah, fair. Nah, nah. It's subtle, but there are. I think there he did some good work with his there. girls. I think he did good work with some. Uh, the uh-huh. the uh, ah the the Valerian he married. Um, I think oh. he yeah. I, yes. I, I think he did good work with his brother. Like it's, he wasn't all just good times, Matt Smith. You know, <laughs> no, for sure. I'm selling him short. Okay. It's fine. Let's leave her there. All right. Uh, let's talk about Anthony Starr's Homelander. God damn it. Okay. I'm going to need a refresher on like the big moments for Homelander this season because to me. So this is the season that Homelander got let off the leash. This is the first time that like Starlight couldn't come and be like, I'm going to let everyone know that you're a fucking psycho mm-hmm. asshole. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't immediately cowed by that. And he realized and... that his bullshit plays. Yeah. That let's let's go let's go ahead let's light this candle like I mean like mm-hmm. the thing is is like are we deprecating Anthony Starr because he's so good at playing his ice blue <laughs> asshole insane psychopath that can mm-hmm. kill us all that we become inured to it because this was his best year at doing that thing and we're still acting like meh meh or I guess right, I guess we're like all John of a sudden Burnfall. acting like you know he does the thing he does so well yeah do, do, are we, are we penalizing because he didn't jerk off on the top of the empire state building this kinda, at the end of the season you know kinda. uh he doesn't he yeah i'm trying to think what were his terrifying moments because that's what always gets me about anthony Starr is how like surface charming he can be and then how terrifying when you even scratch that he is i think he almost killed uh starlight on two separate occasions and uh mm-hmm. she he did kill uh her ex-boyfriend uh, just to p- make a point to her. God, I, and don't I thought it was a pretty brutal way. Yeah, it, um, 
Oh God! Also, he killed uh, um, the Black Noir in cold blood, didn't he? Yes. I thought there was a lot of like terrifying anti star moments. Um, yeah, every time he there showed are, up, yeah. like you know, a hero gasm. Uh, it was it was kind of fucking on. It was I don't know. I feel like maybe your disappointment in the finale. Uh, yeah, totally. Where the wheels, I wouldn't say they fell off, but they definitely did not set up the same amount of tension that they did in season three. But mm. like, or I guess this was season, season three. Yeah. Uh, season two. But, you know, again, I, Anthony Starr, I thought he was fucking incredible. Um, let me see how, he t- how, um, God damn this cabin of curiosity. Cause I would like, I think what he does, I think. <laughs> I, mean, I think he's uniquely good at what he's doing. What he's doing is difficult, and it's essentially a better version of what John Bernthal's doing. Um, and I would put her. I put him over Olivia Cook. I would put him over Olivia Cook. Wow. Okay. God, I wish I remembered the boys season three more. Because, yeah, I'm just like I know this was the temp V season, right? Where they were all hooked uh-huh. on it, fighting him. Uh, Maeve has some things. Man, the father son grandson thing had played off a little bit better in that finale. Yeah, exactly. Man, the moments just aren't coming to me. Like the the moments that stand out in season two are coming more readily than season three. Because mm. I think they're bigger moments, but like. Yeah. We'll be right back with more Bald Move after this brief pause. And now, back with more Bald Move. I don't know. I, I mean, also I'm like, I'm, uh, the, the other thing is, like, I'm also, like, the entire season's work is, comp- I feel like I, I thought this would work and not in their favor, but, like, the 60 minutes of this Cabinet of Curiosities clearly you remember every fucking minute of that yeah yeah and you're trying to put that against like i mean i i would say that anti-star had 30 good fucking minutes in in this whole season but like oh i'm sure he did yeah yeah well Um, so what also let's say this i was watching cabinet of curiosities for fun uh i was not trying to to you know take notes while i'm watching it and pick it must must be really fucking good because there's a lot of stuff it's going against and you still are are steadfast in your love for it so i do uh, do do you you, so you don't think he's better than olivia cook uh do you think he's better than john bernthal i'm trying to i'm trying to calibrate okay not like light years better but like yeah Mm, it's similar you don't think he's better than olivia cook and you certainly don't think he's better than any I mean, of the cabinet curiosity folks. I, I, it sounds like you remember more of this season um, and you're were more impressed by it. I'm willing to like give you the Olivia Cook thing. It might be that his this. shit is ubiquitous on TikTok too. Like oh, yeah. that light, light, let's light this candle speech is just like uh, uh, doing numbers. The, and the a lot, there's a lot of compilations of him that I, yeah, that, that, that I, that I see. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, like I said, I put him above John Bernthal easy. I think I would put him over Olivia Cook. All right, then do it. Oh, then do it. I'd let you have it. I I don't know. Yeah, I have nothing to refute it um, because I don't remember it well enough. 
Uh, all right, let's talk about. I think this is going to be an unfortunate category. Uh, the for all mankind crew. For all mankind, okay. it's not. It it's boy. This is a lot like the boys. I think we made this analogy. Is that the season the the third season didn't quite reach the high highs of this of, of the sophomore season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to beat the shit that went down on the moon. Sure. And Gordo and Stace. Yep. Uh, that literally looms over as a shadow the, this entire season. <laughs> uh huh. Both in the plot and and physically in some cases. Yeah, and I'm like, so Joel, so you're. Here's the thing. I think Ellen is the standout in this season. Jody Balfour does such an incredible job, and the transformation of her character has been what's been impressive to me. Like seeing her in season one versus season three it is it almost feels like a different character but you but it all tracks um and it is an interesting performance because she's essentially playing a more hypocrite personally hypocritical gender bent hillary bill clinton sure. white house power couple whereas you had bill clinton in kind of the first man role and she's the first lady. Well, I guess, yeah, she'd be Madam President. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing is that she is forced because of politics to condemn a heroic gay man uh, coming out of the closet in NASA, even though she herself is a deeply closeted lesbian married to a deeply closeted gay man. Who gets into a sex scandal of his own. Who gets yeah. into a sex scandal. Yeah. Um, and like a lot of that stuff is, was really the, the, the politics of that was really good and like the personal cost. And then, you know, her, I think making the both personally and professionally brave choice at the end. It's all really yes. good stuff. It's really mm-hmm. strong material. I think it's super strong. And I think Jody brings like an intimacy and personality to it that it could be difficult to achieve this could be a series of plot points to me but this feels very personal we talk about this uh in against uh jody balfour against rin uh margo's madison you know margo was caught in the russian trap uh, as uh uh is a pressure Mm -hmm. cooker situation all season um she's having to leak information to the russians and keep that hidden from nasa right right and um and she gets discovered, kind of. Uh, at least her her information being leaked gets discovered halfway through the season, and there's this kind of cat and mouse about will they find out it's her? Right. And I I love I I think one of the strongest moments of this entire show was her speech at the end to NASA um, mm-hmm. before she leaves. It's and it's she thinks just that's going to be her legacy moment. in infamy, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then something works out to where, and we don't even see how this resolves. We just know that it happened, uh, that it turns out because of this crazy conflux of events that the public at large is going to think that Margot Madison is dead. Yeah. Uh, when she's really off in the Soviet <laughs> Union uh-huh. doing, doing rocket science for them. I don't know. It's it's hard for me to believe they'll keep that fact a secret. Um, the entire time, but we'll see. Uh, do you put? Do you think that Margot? Because honestly, I thought Margot was unlikable and shitty. Yep. But like, that's not Rin Schmidt's fault. Totally. Uh, uh, Margot was just... a more reserved character as well than than right. even Ellen. Right. Even as locked down as Ellen has to be. Right. She right. has moments like when she's with her ex. Um, 
and and maybe maybe only second to Margot's speech at when she's leaving is Jody's coming out speech. Yes, uh, that she has to give is just yeah, so good. But I also I didn't I didn't like how she big timed uh, Molly. I thought that the, her character yeah, was also yeah. kind of personally hypocritical and for sure kind of power mad and ambitious and shitting on everybody else that was just like her. Um, but that, again, that's not the actress's. That's not the actress' mm-hmm. fault. That's that's the material. Um, and it was entertaining to watch. So you, you give do uh, you think uh, Jody's better than Rin in season three? I do. Yeah. Okay, and then how good is Jody? How far is she going to go up? She's very good. Um, does she beat? Does she better than Daguerre Del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities? Because I'm trying to decide if she's better than. Mm-hmm. I think she Mad- is. Better than Olivia Cook. I guess the real question is: she better than Patty Constantine? Ooh. Ooh, because <laughs> that's that's top five. That's gunning for top five, top ten something, but top five. I think she is better than Olivia Cook. Patty, Patty. I don't. I say no fucking shot. I think I'm actually having a hard time getting her over Quincy Isaiah. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. All right. Um. But if you want to say she's better than Anthony Starr, I could kind of see that argument. We 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 might have to to flip a flip the coin of doom here on Olivia Cook because I don't think she's better than Patty. But it'd be really, really easy for actor and her for position. Like I was, I was thinking about the the shit she did when like the Russians spring the trap on her and they're they're killing her boyfriend right in front of her, and like it'd be really easy to just. <laughs> okay pretend like a normal person reacting to that but like she was Margot reacting to that so like there was still some even though like this is desperate and frantic for Margot, like on a scale of human beings it was still but yet you got that right oh you I got that this was so sorry I'm talking about Jody going over oh okay I'm... Cook, not not Margot. Oh. I think we're gonna have to break well, I was that because like, I feel like, like we were specific about Jody we weren't very specific about Rin um, gotcha gotcha yeah but but yeah. Um, oh no, th- those those scenes with Sergey are heartbreaking. <laughs> so you you think yeah you're right. Well, I don't know why I switched to the Rin. Do you? Well, you think she's better than Olivia? I'm having a hard time deciding. I if you don't think so, I want to flip the coin of doom for this one. It's an opportunity Where are we to flip the coin of doom. Her being number six or number seven. Jo- Jody Balfour is Ellen. I think she's even better than Homelander. Want to do two flips? See if she's better. Just <laughs> one to see if uh, she gets over Anthony. And one to see if she gets over Olivia. I, I do think she's better than Anthony Starr solely, maybe for the material. But all right, well here is she's the, asked to do so much. Heads, she's better. Tails, she's not. Are you better than Anthony, Anthony Starr? Star. Come on, heads. That's a heads. Heads. So she's better than Anthony right. Starr. Coin of Doom. Are you better than Olivia Cook? <laughs> she is. She Double is. heads. Oh, All heads. Right. All right. 
That's still official. a better, still a better method of picking a winner than the Emmys. Uh, yeah, if we ever do an award show, are you going to go over Cat Patty? Because I'm, I uh, no, don't. No. We need to. Okay, I was going to say, I don't think no, we can quite do that one. We'll have to fight. Uh, okay, now what do we do with Rin? Because uh, I'm uh, saying like this definitely is not getting yeah. over the way the the John Bernthal mark. But oh, I even John Bernthal. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's fine with me. I'm, I'm not gonna. Yeah, he gets such an ensemble cast. Like it's like, boy, mm-hmm. the lead is really shaky on that one. Um. Yeah. Okay. Now we're at Jeremy Allen White as Carmen. Oh my god. <laughs> oh so fuck! Good. I forgot. Oh, we have. Oh god, so we got good. so many threats for the top still. I. He's. Okay. Is Bob Odenkirk better than him? I believe it because it's season six versus, you know, season one of a very kind of short show anyway. It's got all the baggage of the previous seasons. Here's the thing. I love haunted characters and both of these guys are haunted. Like the Gene timeline is just like a bag of haunting. (laughs) Um, Bag of haunted dicks. I man, is he better than Bob? Is he better than Bob? Here's the thing. It's not going to be fair next season because I'm going to go into next season. If I say, well, let's give the bear a year here. Let's give Carmi a year. See what he does in season two. Then next season, I'll be like, well, that stuff all happened in season one. So yeah, you, you can't yeah. give it to him for this year. But like, how do right. you not give seasons one through five to, to Bob Odenkirk? Given that it's all coming has he back around for this season like it's all work that he did in prep for this man we need we need some place we need a central compendium of all of our winners at some point because like i would i'd be curious to see if bob odenkirk hasn't won for previous years i don't think so i don't think bob and kirk has ever won but i don't yeah i don't think so i think ray has come closer in some yeah. of her seasons than he has um yeah i don't know let's let's say no let's say no on that um what do you mean by no he's not he's better, not than, better than bob what about ray i also want to say no god i don't just want to put two better call Saul actors I'm trying the to find where you're though. sure what about emma emma This is better where I start to are. feel better about it, but not sure. Millie. I that say might be, yes. that might be where I'm sure. I say yes, easy. Yeah, that might be but where I'm sure. It's gosh. Uh, I kind of I kind of say yes on Emma, to be honest. God, see, if this was the if this was let's, one let's, half of season six of Better Call Saul that we were talking about, it would be different. Uh-huh. But with the full scope of it, yeah, Ray really gets to shine. I don't think Carmi can go. I don't think Carmi can crack top two here. Well, we haven't even decided on the Emma of it all. So let's leave let's leave uh-huh. him at four, and then let's go to Patricia Arquette as Harmony Koblenz Severance. Um, all right, That's a I very like good because they're they, they, she's essentially playing dual roles here. Yeah, everybody in the show kind of is, right? That's uh, very true. But like her is like a complex because Adam Scott, um, 
is his mark is not like a completely different person. He's just one but, without extreme emotional trauma and one with. Yeah. And she's playing a duality that she's got control of. Like she yes. is being this very kind, you know, doula, you know, spiritual neighbor. And she's just ruthless technocrat at work. And mm-hmm. uh, and she's kind of going off. You know, she's calling outside the lines, even of her own crazy organization. Just fascinating character, uh, mm-hmm. fascinating character. And Patricia Arquette's doing it. I've never seen her play a role like this, like this iron. Um, yeah, no, she's very good. I would say she's better than Anthony Starr, but that's where it starts getting hard for me. Maybe better than Olivia Cook. Actually, maybe better than Jody Balfour. But man, Patty's a really hard line for me. <laughs> yeah. Like you're getting into the I, rarefied air at that, and it's not even a top five anymore. I kind of like her at number eight, just below Jody. Okay. Balfour. Okay. Uh why I'm doing that, what about Britt Lowry? God, I love Helly. Helly's a great character. I, I love her spirit when she's first introduced she's to this us, place. Right? She's us, yeah, right? She, she she's expresses everything proxy. I would in the entire season. And mm-hmm. this is fucked up. She also uh, plays this character who's like getting sucked into it despite herself. Like she is getting sucked uh-huh. into the, you know, the, the, the dopamine uh, hit of completing a task. She's, you know, she's getting sucked into the camaraderie. She's getting sucked into the mystery mm-hmm. uh, despite herself, you know? Yeah, never lets herself give in to that quite all the way, but almost. Yeah, and like the way she plays her, like that in that finale episode when she's playing a person who's getting, what is that, what do they call that, being snapped or inside, outside? Severed. Uh, Severed. How she's flapping back and forth between being severed and not severed. Um, The performance she gives as her outside self denying the final request of her inside self and her inside self's reaction to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just how she like the first three episodes, she plays a caged beast, essentially. Yeah. You know, just a frantic to try to get, you know, um, it's good stuff. And I love how how she plays it as she gets more and more desperate, you know, as and and she sees the the, the mechanisms clamping down on her. Right. There's a whole structure here that's designed to push her through this phase into complete compliance. Right. And how she bucks against that. It's yeah. I I love her in this role. Um, And then God, the end of all the characters reactions at the very end of this show or the, this season, hers might be my favorite because she's thrown into the biggest, what the fuck. Um, Mm -hmm. And her complete confusion, her realization about what she's about to have to do and then her moment to actually fucking do it. All of it is so good. So good. God, that finale episode. So I can't wait to rewatch it. And oh, dude, I might rewatch the whole damn season, to be honest. I might do. Yeah. Should we it's do? So like, much do fun. I wonder if we'll have enough. Have they actually given us a date on that yet? Do we have time to do no. retrospective coverage of season one? Because that would be real fun. If we can get past our, you know, Mando Picard Yellow Jackets thing, get out of one yeah. of those shows. I'd be in favor of doing it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so where what are we doing with Helly? I say she she's got to go up. Better. I mean, she got to be higher than Patricia Arquette, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me. I 
she 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 could crack the patty patty. she could crack the patty wall i i felt the same she could she could upset the paddy wagon here's the thing Can, can i say this i think millie alcock is a little too high i think She's benefiting. Not, She's drafting yeah, I, Emma I Darcy a little bit. I could get her in the top bit. five. I could, I, I could get her in the top five. And Boom. vice versa. It, it's a tough thing because the, those performances are so intertwined. But mm-hmm. yeah, I I like Britt Lauer. Yeah, Britt Lauer, and Emma, right Emma's there. starting from a foundation that was left built by Millie. So right. like yeah. you, a lot of the affection you have for character is stuff that Millie. Mm-hmm. That she didn't do, right? That Emma didn't Mm -hmm. do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I'm good with that. Number five for Brit. Okay. Um, Let's talk about Adam Scott as Mark. Um, Boy, Adam Scott's re-roll here is kind of thankless. Yeah. Because he is kind of the thing that is, he's the unmoved mover or the move, the, the move yeah whatever he's he's <laughs> like all the things are swirling around him but he feels like he has remarkably little agency yeah and he's a sad certainly sack. in his audi he's life depressed. he's just aimless he's just doing things uh to do them um here here's what i one of the things i like about it is i've never uh-huh. seen adam scott do this i've seen adam scott be the funny man i've seen adam yeah. scott play kind of a nasty be a demon and like stepbrothers <laughs> yeah. the good place remember that oh yeah, yeah he's I a forgot real about that shitty demon literal demon yeah uh-huh. um i've seen him do other stuff but he's usually like funny and charismatic and and kind of a joy to watch here he's kind of the opposite um so i was very impressed by his range but that's not in this show right that's that's just him as an actor I don't know. He certainly wasn't as good to me as Brit was, but it might just be what he's well, asked I'm to actually, do. Well, I'm trying to see if he gets into the like. Does he even get into the top fifteen? Because I'm having a hard time justifying putting him over Matt that? Smith, Rich Schmidt, John Bernthal, Quincy Isaiah, and he's got a solid slab of mm. cabinet curiosity to drill through. <laughs> I don't <laughs> right. think he does it. The I don't think he does layer. it. It's like a digging for fossils well this layer had nothing i guess life wasn't doing shit then uh okay god are we gonna leave him where he's at that seems crazy. i don't think we leave he's him better where than he's Nori. at yeah he's better than aaron paul better than sadie sink better than matt smith i think so that's you're getting to the about the level mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. yeah when you get to rin schmidt as margo and for all mankind i'm like ah man so nestling between matt smith and I think so. And let me say... Smith, I think our Matt Smith take is going to be controversial. Adam Scott, when you watch this ceremony and you read the deliver, you listen to the deliberations, all 24 hours of them, just know I think you're essential to that show and you're amazing. It's just you're not the splashy... You aren't given the splashiest I feel like material. He's, he's, gonna, he's like Jon Snow in season one. Totally. Eventually, he'll get the best material, but right now he's just... Uh, out of his depth trying to you know figure th- his place in the world um do i think you, we need okay. we needed to put his brother-in-law on the supporting actors list i don't know if we did <laughs> but god he's right. so shitty i hate him so much he's it's so funny though mm-hmm. um what do you think about joel kinnaman as ed baldwin boy um let's Here's do this materials is, problem is joel kinnaman better than 
Nori, I say yes. Sure. Give me that. Uh, you might stop Aaron Paul. there. I don't know. <laughs> better than Aaron Paul? I, re- I really like Aaron Paul uh, in this season, and he's got a lot of hard work to do. I feel like Ed doesn't have his most difficult stuff to do this year. Yeah, Ed's got two gears mostly. He is, and there's no standout moment like the family breakdown from last season. Um, He's got just red hot anger and he's got Mm -hmm. fighter jock swagger. Here's the thing. His moments are more Danny moments this season, I think. His moments are more Danny moments. Hmm. No, not Danielle Poole, the other Danny. That's confusing. On that oh fucking show. yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, his okay, moments yeah, are moments for the fucker. the guy playing Danny to to shine. Oof. I know and you hate him, but he didn't. You'll notice he's not on this list. <laughs> um. Okay, so what do we do with that? You're saying I want Matt Smith like above Sadie Sink. Twenty two. Under not even better Paul? than Aaron Paul. I- yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. That's kind of what uh, I'm feeling. What about Chris Marshall? As Danielle Poole. Again, not the stuff her with the North, the, the stuff with the North Korean guy was also really funny. Her and mm-hmm. the, the, the Russian commander. Uh, yeah, trying his, to his obvious sexism. High, high um, noon on the Red Plains of Mars standoff. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, better I than Joel Kinnaman. Her strongest season are, are we going to get her into like I, I think she's better than Sadie Singh we get her in top 20 I think she's better than Matt Smith alright she's definitely not better than Adam Scott though okay uh, Jamie Hector Sean Suter and we own the city Ugh. god this guy is was supposed to be the good cop mm-hmm. and is there any good cop in such a rotten he system? He is Aaron? such a flat character until the very final episode. Mm-hmm. He does final exactly what he needs to do. Episode. He does exactly what he needs to do. But uh, I uh, don't. I can't even put him over John Bernthal. Yeah, I'm with you. I feel like you know it's an honor just to be nominated. Um, is where he belongs. Hmm. Better than I, I can I can I can put him over uh Nori and Ed though. All right. I can get I can get with that. And then we got Juno Temple as Betty McCart from the offer. She's I I'll put her adorable over Nori. and she lovable, is. but uh uh She's not asked to do a lot in this series, I'll say. At least not that I remember. She's asked to try and date uh, Burn Gorman for a second. And that's <laughs> she tries weird. to desperately keep from being, t- <laughs> you know, sucked into his tentacles. But uh huh. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd put her over Nori, and then it's got to be tough. Um, yeah, and then John C. Rice, Jerry C. I mean, God, as much as I get, oh, I'll put mean? her. I'll put him over Nori and Juno and Ed and okay. Jamie. Do we want to go back up? To the very top. Okay, so he's twenty three. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Do we want to go yeah. to the top of this list and let's say, get our top are five? We happy? Let's get our top five. I'm not happy with our top. I five know you're not because two better call Saul. Uh, two fifths of it is not something I haven't even seen. I know. Um, I know. But 
but you're pro- but this was a lot of consensus. This is, I think, kind of what you'd call chalk. You know, this what does is that mean? this is chalk. Chalk is like when you just go with the favorites. Like this is. I don't think anybody is going to say this is bullshit. If you put Bob, you put Bob and Ray for season sure. six of Better Call Saul. I don't think this is a bold, daring gonna, choice for us. No, I don't think anyone's going to raise eyebrows at that. Which maybe that's so, a failing. Maybe in order to get the Baldies to a true awards ceremony, we need a little controversy. Well, I mean, we're already completely snubbing Succession. We've got that. <laughs> okay. We've got that built in. There's already Fair. people coping and seething. Yeah, we don't need the court anymore, I don't think. Yeah. Um, Brian so Cox, if I ignore that, nowhere on this list. If I ignore that, am I cool with him? I actually am somewhat uncool with Emma being over Jeremy Allen White. God, it's I both, think it's it's unfair to both Emma and Millie. But I think I agree. I just think I again, I think um it's much less an ensemble show. A lot of the drama rests squarely in this guy that I've never heard of. Of course, you could say the same thing about Emma, and he carries it off. Yeah, he does. He pulls it off. He carries the the he carries the show, pulls it off. Let's say this: I've never seen someone emote tension better than Jeremy Allen White in this show. Yeah, this guy's like a steel cable that's about to snap. hundred percent, ninety five percent of its running time. Yeah, and just he just keeps and, like and things just keep piling on, and every time he thinks he's got a piece of stability, some crazy shit happens. And it's, I, it's I don't. It's one of those cables that like suspends the, the Golden Gate Bridge, right? Not like. Not like a cable that's holding a flag on a flagpole. It's a big fucking cable. Watching this show made me feel like we don't deserve to eat at restaurants. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like the people uh-huh. that suffer for so little, it doesn't seem fair. It seems like you going oh, to the restaurant should set. Yeah. yeah you, you should like have it's like a hundred dollar per person experience. And the vast majority of us couldn't afford that except for in very special. Like I, but that's, that's the conclusion that came. It's like, Oh my God, these people, these are like the coal miners of old. They're going and wrecking Mm -hmm. their bodies and their sanity to make sure that the lights are on. Or in the case of this, something delicious is in her belly. It's taking tolls on their family. It's taking tolls on their lifespans. Yeah. It's yeah. It's killing them. Mm Mm-hmm. Like the reading between the lines, it it killed his brother. Totally. So that is a little bit higher stakes, believe it or not, than <laughs> the set the the Seven Kingdom shit. I think. God damn. Yeah. Yeah. So I put him at three, and Emma's drops to four. Now, are we happy with that? I think so. Is Brit lower? It's probably just lower, right? Not lower. It's lower. I, Brit lower. I, yeah, I've never heard it. Is lower. Brit lower better than Emma? Alternatively, is Millie better than Brit? No, Millie's not better than Brit. Is Brit better than Emma? I say no. I agree. All right. This top five feels pretty strong to me. I was going to say, and then I'm looking down like I could almost put Patty above Millie. In fact, I would. I just certainly would. I don't know how the hell this happened. Patty above Millie? Yeah. 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 
Now that I'm looking at it, why don't we put Jody? Why are we not putting Jody over Millie? <laughs> Shit, let's go down the list. Let's. I mean, Sadie Sink over Millie. No, kidding. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> um, it's a damn fine question. I like her five. I'm I'm a little shaky in her top ten. I'm not even shaky the composition of top ten. Let's say this. I think Jody Balfour does deserve to be over Millie Alcock, but that might be where Millie needs to be. Number eight. Yeah, I I, I don't seven. think I don't think she falls any further. Yep. Yet. Um <laughs> Okay. Are we sure that Millie's better than Patricia Arquette? I say yes pretty yes. pretty confidently. I agree. Are we better? Are we sure? And again, just put aside the green and the black of it, please. I need your leal, sure, sure. your lealest baldy opinion. Is, does Patricia Arquette deserve to be over <laughs> Olivia Cook? Well, I'm Team Black, so if I'm leal, definitely. No, 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 lealest to the realm. You're not oh, serving the blacks the or the realm, greens. The you are lealest. You need to be lealest to. The I need bald to be leal realm. to my king, not the kingdom. The king, and that in my mind is pet. No, um, yeah, I, I think I'm okay with this. I think Patricia Arquette, just slightly, just slightly. This might be like one of the finest hair splittings on this list. Is yeah, yeah, better than Olivia Cook. Okay, is Anthony Starr better than Olivia Cook? This is all you mean because I don't I don't even know that I would put him here this high. Um, really? Oh, let me ask another question. Are you sure your slab of Guerrero <laughs> del Toro should be in his top ten? <laughs> slice off a nice helping of who would you slice off to get into the top ten? I'm very uh, curious. Or you got Kate Micucci here. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. Andrew Lincoln's amazing. Essie Davis, amazing. I mean, for me, they they'd all be above. Her parents, her parents missed a golden opportunity for comedy by not calling her Patricia. Pat Macucci? Pat Macucci. Pat Macucci? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? How about just name her Gucci? Gucci Macucci. <laughs> Gucci Macucci. Uh Gooch Macooch. <laughs> Gooch Macooch. Uh I don't know, man. I'm Look, Anthony Starr, if I had my way, would drop below the curiosity, the Guillermo del Toro pack. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. like I said, I, I, I'm I, only interested in fighting about that if I can get Anthony into the top ten. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think our top ten's good. I think our top five's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, let's get the ball best ball move Christmas. This is a minor category, but oh, yeah. it probably means a lot to people. I'm cu- actually curious to see what the people have to say about this. But before we do that, uh, in case you've forgotten, you got yo ho ho first rum, Mary scary, uh, uh, Mary COVID, Mary McAllister, McLean must two Christmas harder, very Giamatti Christmas, a Mary Culkin Keatmas, the badass Christmas and 25 days of bald move Christmas. Um. Okay, yo ho ho is at the top. Mary scary to the top, float to the bottom. Uh, I'm gonna need a refresher on these. Mary scary Christmas was that the Jack Frost one or was that the McAllister? That was Mary Culkin Keymas, wasn't it? What yes. was in Mary scary Christmas? Mary scary Christmas was Gremlins and uh, uh, Krampus and right. Uh, rare exports and 
what else was that it yeah it was it was gremlins was the hammer nice it was on theme uh krampus and rare exports those are the three movies so i remember really liking that gremlins podcast a lot gremlins podcast was good yep uh and it's up against yo ho ho first for um which was Muppet Christmas Carol which was good Christmas Story Christmas which was alright Falling for Christmas which I fucking loved and Violent Night which I also fucking loved and I thought even if you didn't like Falling for Christmas the fucking podcast was solid gold oh yeah yeah I did love that podcast I'm gonna say yo ho 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 first rum is slightly better okay might Uh, be recency bias what about COVID Christmas? Because COVID Christmas is the we instituted a is is a big evolution in the bald move Christmas. We added the uh, gift exchange, mm-hmm. the heartwarming uh, live streams, and that's it. Yeah, those are the two innovations. <laughs> and, we, the well, and, and the Secret Santa, deadly the Secret virus. Santa. Uh, yes. Yeah, the Secret Santa is the the gift exchange, right? Secret Santa doing the live streams where we play games and stuff. It was a big year for Bald Move. We had to change a lot of things. Um, right. We lost our studio, lost our producer, almost lost a company, to be honest. Uh, that year was thing. also That's a Elf. Okay. Let's, let's talk about the movies. We had the, one of the best hammers of all time, Elf. Um, and then I'm waiting for our site to refresh here. Uh, the holiday, Lethal Weapon, and the holiday. I'm gonna say weak slate of movies. We went with a pulpery that year. There was no theme. Is that true? I think so. I think the theme was no theme. Um. Yeah. We'll be right back with more bald move after this brief pause. And now, back with more Bald Move. So the holiday, okay, so, so okay. I thought the holiday was really good. And we also got uh, a double dip on there because I brought in, uh, you know, Kim and uh, Joanna. Right. And right. that was a lot of fun. I thought a Lethal, podca- a lethal Weapon podcast was really good. And Elf is, when all, an, I, I think, a, a really good one as well. But it, yeah, it's like really good in terms of movie. And I think the podcast is good because they just had the movies of our lives. And like there was a whole bunch of behind the scenes detail to get me to a greater appreciation for the making of that movie and all that stuff. The John Favreau of it all. Mm-hmm. This is a potpourri movie, though. Yeah, maybe the maybe my the holiday one is the one that lets us down, even though I do love that movie. It was a it was a good one. I, I, I think the thing that might actually put this over the top of the other two for me is just the change um it was kind of scary doing the live stream gift opening Mm -hmm. stuff uh but once we had done it it felt really good hence we've done it every year since yeah um and the movies i I remember liking the movies generally right um the holiday Uh was better than i had hoped or expected um those podcasts were fun it's got it's got some really good ones. I could maybe go with this being number one so far. To the top. All right. I thought it was a solid, also solid the photo idea. Simple, simple idea, but like you you and I separated by glass wearing masks. I thought that was a, a really good Christmas card. 
Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. All, honestly, I think, I, man, it's not my favorite Christmas card. That's going to be the next one. McLean, McAllister <laughs> McLean is too Christmas harder. This is my personal favorite Christmas yes. card. This is uh, the we cover. We essentially, mm-hmm. yeah, go ahead and explain it. It's the poster of Home Alone 2, except with us edited into it. So I got a, a white tank top and uh, an Uzi. <laughs> A fake Uzi or whatever, one of your kids' airsoft guns, I think, um, mm. or Nerf guns or something. No, it was an airsoft. Air, it's an airsoft uh, MP5. Uh huh. Um, and and I was playing McLean uh, yeah. on that cover. We we kind of did the poster of of Home Alone two with the characters from all the movies we were covering. Yeah. Um, I was you, the Larry the Cable guy. You were Larry with the, the cut cable off guy. cut off flannel and the big beard and. And uh, Cecily was uh, Kevin McAllister. Yes. Uh, holding up the wet bandits paper that that we photoshopped to look like uh, us. It, it is. Yeah, it was, uh-huh. it was good. It was a good. It was a it was all time classic. It still makes me chuckle. Uh, I think a good this was. So this was kind of like a, a sequel Christmas. We had. Um, yes. What was it? We had the Jingle All the Way to Die Hard to. Uh, mm-hmm. Home Alone 2 and then A Christmas Story as the Hammer that's a good Ooh. slate of movies it was a hell of a, and I remember those podcasts being a ton of fun I think it's because like we, we did talked... live watches we gotta get back to doing live watches maybe we don't release them as standalone content but I think you and I getting together and getting liquored mm-hmm. up and watching a movie just lends to comedy because we kind of play off each other and that feeds into mm-hmm. the podcast totally and and yeah, also we, we had the this. we had a producer that like we all took turns, but like we each did a video package where we took the you know the podcast and punched it up with things from the movies and uh, I thought that worked out really well. Like those are really fun to watch. Go back and 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 watch as just the the watch parties or I mean as as a as podcasts. Um, God, Ruth. I mean, these are some all time Ruth Bader classic. Twinsburg. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, like such a that's like one of the best gym lines from one of the shittiest movies. That podcast is so much fun. All of these podcasts are bangers. Like I'm Home Alone Two, two of, is so much fun, dude. And a Christmas story. Oh, I mean, it's that's it's, all. I mean, that's just pure nostalgia. Like pure good time nostalgia. I I remember Die Hard Two. Uh, you talking about the grenades that were fucking raining into the cockpit of this <laughs> yeah. plane, uh, and and just like, yeah, Cecily set that scene, or maybe it was you, the me commentating, and it's just like I was not exaggerating. There's the the improbable amount of grenades coming into this this thing. Bolt, yeah, bolt, no, bolt. it's that was an incredible year. That's number one with a bullet so far for me. That's a dick. This is nuts one, right? That's also yep, the. That's also the, uh, the 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 origin of the air air <laughs> the steam, uh, your industrial steam, uh, fucking oh right the airport steam yep yeah I can't I couldn't quite the, the baggage phenomenon. claim yeah mm-hmm. like if you got if you got any kind of me- me- mechanical shit going on it's just loaded with steam like like it's like the factory in T two right like, like these are still, these are steam powered belts that you've got. Go no, come on. I, I mean, I'm saying this goes to the top. Yes, with a bullet. I mean, we, we might decide. We best. might fight about it later. Um, oh, this is next one's going to be a tough one because Fuck. Barry Giamatti is the unloved bald move Christmas. Like we went all out on this elaborate, mm. 
epic tone poem of Paul Giamatti landing the part of his dreams in a one-man manger production that his agent roped him into where he's going to play every, he's going to play Mary, Joseph, Jesus, the donkeys, the cows, the three wise men, <laughs> the little drummer boy, like every character, yeah. the cherubs, the angels, uh the heavenly quiet, he's going to play every character uh <laughs> And I, I don't, I still like, I feel like, I feel like no one, what was the, what, what how do we fuck that up? We, we should have just released it all like the week of Christmas as one standalone instead of, but we're trying to recreate the 25 days of bad, bald move like that, like drip of content that you have something like you got one or two minutes of content to look forward to every day, like a little, mm-hmm. cause, cause God love me. I, I do love the. Uh, the advent calendars and I'm always trying to recreate an advent calendar for our listeners but mm-hmm. um, and people really spent, loved that 25 days of Christmas we did too so they did I mean it was the first first Christmas so it's going to be mm-hmm. a lot of people's favorites uh, the slate of movies here is weak because we tried to go with a Paul Giamatti theme and the other thing is like I thought Paul Giamatti was a bigger thing in our fan base and apparently like sometimes we can misrepresent like like the desires of the 50 or so people that show up consistently to live watches and stuff can I can sometimes conflate with like overall or maybe our personal enjoyment the fact that someone sent us like I don't know I feel like G- that was a big Giamatti year for us it kept on starring uh-huh. in the quips uh we someone mailed us a a, a, a full size life size Giamatti stand up that was uh <laughs> we integrated into our studio hijinks um but overall think- there wasn't what? a hammer film that year, right? It was just one man manger. We had all is bright, Fred Claus. I think that's what was it. the other No. No, we had we had to have had a a hammer. No. I can't find it. So we just had two movies that year? <laughs> Maybe that's why it was disappointing. We spent all this fuck. People thought we spent all this time on this stupid manger thing. We want movies, goddammit. No, I I don't I don't believe that's true. Is that true? It's got to be true. It's got um, to be. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back on our calendar and look because I the other thing is we could have miscategorized a film. True, and if Maybe we didn't tag with Christmas, or... then and that never happens. We never. <laughs> We, we never fuck up a, a tag. Yeah, our tags aren't um, totally just out of random based on whatever we remember to put on them at any given time. No. Okay, let's look at this month. Oh, shit. Oh, no. It's been deleted. No, we just didn't. We weren't tracking stuff. We weren't that organized back God then. Damn we it. didn't have this stuff on our. We didn't have this stuff on our al- our actual calendar. Or or did we do it way earlier than December? Because I know we started in like October. But we would have. Oh, we would have scheduled the. We would have scheduled. No, I don't see any stuff like that. No releases. No like, nothing. Okay. No. Yeah. Damn. Shit. I think that's it. I think the problem with Fred that year Claus was all is bright. We only had two movies. Two and movies. We were expecting and no hammer. The, the hammer to be the Paul Giamatti thing, which nobody really liked. And uh, yeah, you can't release a hammer eight days in a row in pieces either, right? Like that's not a hammer. That's, uh, uh-huh. so, I, I don't know. So there's only it's a vice. Claus. It's a vice. 
Fred Claus yeah. and all is bright. Yeah. Okay. Well, that I think that's maybe that's the reason we fucked up. Uh, that card also was like um, I felt like that wasn't the strongest idea. It was just you and me. We were stretching. With Paul for the Paul Giamatti, Giamatti wearing a Christmas hat, and we were toasting the like I did. Like I did. I had a couple unforced errors. I forgot to put my glasses on. I looked terrible in that picture. <laughs> um, I was hot and sweaty. Like yeah, behind the scenes, I it wasn't it wasn't. Uh, is all right there there was no live stream that year but there were just live i am watches. extremely proud of the j and i and i yes. love that that's become a tradition in our live shows that we always that's the hammer of the live shows we watch that and we have through stockholm syndrome converted our live watch crew into loving and uh a, a very giamatti christmas and and yeah, if you're curious, you're like, what the fuck are they talking about? Please check out Very Giamatti Christmas. If you just search for it, I guarantee it'll be the yeah. first search result. And you can see the whole one thing now, major. all in one deal. Mm -hmm. uh, it goes places. It goes places. And it was a lot it's, it's a lot of fun to do. So what do we do with this? To me, I think the strength of this uh, puts it over Yoho. Man, the movies, although I say all is bright, is a fucking amazing Christmas film. Especially if you're oh, having yeah. kind of a shitty Christmas and you want to feel better about yourself. Um, and Fred Claus was a lot of fun, but mm -hmm. there's only the two movies. There was no hammer, but it's no live streams. The Giamatti-ness of it was. Yeah, the, the one man manger is to me personally one of my favorite things still to this day that we've ever done. But I don't know that I could put it above McAllister McLean Miss 2. That is such a banger of a Christmas When did we play Who Shit the Sink? <laughs> that was a long... That was like 2015, 2016. Shayla, dude, that was 2015. That might have been uh, in the original. Okay. Yeah. So, Very Might of Christmas, do you, you agree with me? It's it's the number three slot on almost solely on the strength of... One Man Major. Or it should be number two on the strength of the Very Giamatti. I kind of wanted a number two. Yeah. COVID's cool for changing the way we do things, but also it was but COVID. I'll never forget <laughs> and, that month I spent. We spent yes. writing, recording, me in the garage blowing shit up, you mm -hmm. in the editing bay feverishly trying to keep one day ahead of the release schedule. Yep. It was it was a it was a it was, a, it was going a okay. What the fuck can I get away with here? What do I have to trim out of my ambition here to get this yeah. thing released on time? Because I want this to be perfect, but it's not gonna be. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, let's see. Mary Scary. Are we at no, that? We did or we, we yeah. did oh, are we Mary Culkin Keatmas. Mary Culkin Keatmas was a fun Christmas year too, I believe. Oh shit! That was the hammer of the Star Wars holiday special, <laughs> which is an all-time live watch yeah. and podcast experience. Oh my top God. shelf, baby! Uh, Batman Returns. I think underrated. Mm -hmm. Home Alone, absolute Uncle top Frank. shelf podcast. Oh my god, Uncle yeah, Frank us, alone. Us breaking down Zapruder <laughs> style film, uh, and Jack Frost, which was, I, I found, I actually found out that is the funniest. I that is the hardest I've laughed. I think at my own shit is when I stumbled into Frank Oz being blacklisted. <laughs> out of Hollywood <laughs> oh, right. for doing CGI. The whole thing is like the whole joke started because uh, Jack Frost, the fucking snowman was equipped with a whip and he had his, the family dog chained to a sled and like <laughs> he, 
but but it's like as they were animated like what are we gonna do have this animated snowman whipping the family dog to mush him like what the hell are we doing and they just didn't do it they didn't do the logical thing was he should be whipping that fucking dog mm-hmm. and then we spun that into like oh jim henson's got an ironclad no violence puppets thing and then well how do you get it oh god it's still Jesus. there's like a five minute stretch where it just kind of like finding the joke and it's one of the few times where like i you almost i think yeah you actually did edit it out how much i completely lost my shit because i was useless for like 30 40 seconds laughing so hard at my own again my own joke <laughs> sure ah that's yeah, a good no, one it's incredible and i i i want to say i had never seen the the star wars holiday special to you that hadn't. point i know i know you hadn't yeah I know you hadn't. Uh, so that was super fun too because i would seen it the year God. before i lost my shit with itchy this this grandpa masturbating in the living room the Wookiee porn <laughs> I can't VR Wookiee porn yeah it's fucked up man yeah that's just glammed up Mark Hamill uh, it's mm-hmm. some crazy shit you, hey, every real Star Wars fan needs to hunt this shit down and watch it because it is or just watch our live watch of it honestly yes um, I, so I, I think this goes to number three spot yeah yeah those movies are also very good i remember batman returns being a lot of fun but not specifics god i don't uh, know covid though had such a hmm, was covid though no mccall okay we already got mccall's mcclain's too yeah that's i think that's mm-hmm. gonna be a hard hard to beat i think so uh we uh badass christmas was another memorable one. Oh, uh yeah. a wonderful life is the hammer the Christmas okay. present movie. It's what we, what, I don't know if we've explained it, but we called the, the secret movie The Hammer every year. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. We got Jingle All the Way. Those are my cookies. Uh, the unhinged Sinbad postal scene where yes. he bombs. Uh, like, there's just so much crazy shit in that. The underground Santa wrangling. Um, had Die Hard. Great podcast. Super entertaining live watch. Uh, Rocky 4 oh shit alright Rocky 4 Die Hard and Jingle All the Way with a Wonderful Life which I think is the first is that the first time I'd seen it all or is it the maybe the second time I'd seen it it's still a fresh experience I'm not like most people that I've just worn that movie out by watching it on TNT every year um, or TCM or whatever the fuck they have it on um, where does it go man like gosh we got so many damn good Christmases. Oh, what? Uh, I, I've got I've got a late game uh, audible to call here. We completely forgot about a very Belter Christmas because we didn't really integrate that with anything. It was it just wasn't on when, theme. When, that was COVID, right? That was uh, it was the year. After is 2021. Mary Scary? It must have been Mary Scary, yeah, because Krampus is the podcast right before this, so yes. Ooh. Does that what? elevate Mary Scary? Because to me it does. Like very belter. It's it's the, Which one are you it's more the first proud thing we've of? done that felt that has felt semi professional. <laughs> Let's say. We worked with a yeah, production team like, on this. We hired actual voice actors. Yeah. 
Uh, like, we didn't just I, I do love the one man manger. Paul Giamatti, right? It was. I love. I love. I love the one man manger, but it is. It looks like you know the first episode of South Park that like Trey and right. Matt literally pasted together out of construction paper. It's Jesus punching Santa Claus. It's mm-hmm. super stupid, and, but. Uh, the 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 uh, yeah i'm legit proud of what we did on a very belter christmas uh, i was gratified to see that that made the rounds again on reddit uh without us having to like reprompt it like people automatically oh, nice. posted that um i the, the only regret i have is that did not take off like as right. i wish that thing had a million views i i, I wish a million people watched the expanse apparently <laughs> fair but um, they don't get everything you want to get, and but yeah, that does remain uh, a really highlight, a t- artistic achievement highlight. What does that do to Mary Scary? I'm, I'm gonna have to add that parenthetically. Belter Christmas. I feel like it bumps it up, but I'm uh, does at that it get it like... over Yo Ho Ho first rum? It might. Does it get over COVID? COVID's got a week. Coming out of week slate of movies, yeah. and it had the. It's and, and, and the thing the that, oh, I remember how that fucked us because we were going to live watch everything through Amazon. We had a great slate of movies, right? And the week of Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. or the week before Thanksgiving, Amazon completely rotated their stock, and we had nothing. Yeah. So we had to just like pull something out of our ass and record it, and I, I, yeah, so. I think this could easily be number four. I and agree. then it's a real discussion. Um, I agree. Mary Culkin Keatmas. Mary Culkin Keatmas is so good. I mean, Mary Culkin Keatmas. The Star Wars holiday special. It's, yeah. Oh, God. I, it's so good. That's so I good. I don't think it can go any higher, but ah, I love Very Belt of Christmas. If, if Mary Scary Christmas were stronger on its own with the movies then this could be a contender for the very top. But I think as mm-hmm. is, it probably ought to stay at four. What do you think about Badass Christmas? That was another fun Christmas. Uh, so that's Die Hard. That is Jingle Rocky All the four. Way and Rocky Four. Uh, and and uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Ah. That was a good podcast. Mm-hmm. All live, We had live watches for all of them too, which is cool. I wish, yeah, like I said, I definitely want to get back to that this year. If we can, um, what was Yo Ho Ho for? Okay, yeah, it was it was Falling for Christmas, which is I'm glad we got to do as Christmas rom com. It was Violent Night, which is I think mm-hmm. an all time Christmas classic. And Christmas Story, Christmas, Christmas Story, Christmas, which is all right. Hmm. What was the hammer? Shit. Hold on. Don't remember it. Oh, Muppet Christmas Carol, of course. Right. Hmm. Yeah, these were fun ones. Um, God, I don't want it to be our best <laughs> our Christmas. Is our yeah, like our new all of our new Christmas. <laughs> this is all shit. We peaked. We uh-huh. peaked. We're never going to beat. It's just like real life. You're never going to capture the Christmases of your youth or when your kids were small. It's just mm-hmm. yeah, but like. I mean, it is what but it kinda, is, right? Kind of. I mean... Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if the Christmases get weaker because you just run out of the good stuff, you know? There's sure. only one. There's only one home alone. It's true. Well... There's only one Christmas story. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, 
I don't know. I can see this maybe at five, but definitely maybe we should no do higher. one. One year we need to do a fuck it. It's Christmas, and we do fuck like it, Home Christmas. Alone three. Yeah, we do uh, all of the Santa Clauses. Like we just do just a just a a, a, a month of drac. Guaranteed to be at the bottom of this list, but yeah, yeah, just to make ourselves feel better. Um, I don't know. I'd probably put it at six. I guess so. Six or five. I'm... It's tough. I think it's better. I think it's over Chris. I think it's over COVID. Because yeah, COVID was just a yeah. weak year for movies. It was uh, mm-hmm. it was a bad. Hey, uh, controversial opinion. It was a shitty year all around. But it uh, was. And then the twenty five days of bald move. So this is where this is like a prototype. Did, we did 24, 25 days, and we styled it to the twelve days of Christmas. So essentially, we sang the twelve days of Christmas twice, but each day had different lyrics mm-hmm. like we had like five donald's draping and like things like that just just from we we, we pulled from the bald move christmas oh you know just 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 from the current yeah. bald move library and we threw it in and, and and that seems lazy and derivative and it was but the chief innovation was we got this little miniature christmas tree this was back when we had our first studio it was right in front of the liquor cabinet and we wired up 48 bottles of liquor Mm-hmm. airline bottles of liquor to this thing and each day jim and i randomly pulled out one and drank it and some of that shit was vile some of that shit was <laughs> yeah. good it was good it was good ass content though yeah no it was it was good and and it had the virtue of being the very first one right it wasn't just we had no Christmas. yeah we didn't uh you know it was just a series of lunches and just like each day we drank a new uh bottle of alcohol and we sang a different thing we did this was the this is this was Cachet Le Vieux, Who Shit the oh, Sink, which if you haven't lunch. seen that and you're a club member, please look up uh, episode 53. We're just a year into this whole thing. Cachet Le Vieux is an all-timer. Uh, mm-hmm. where I play an epic prank on my family, get the whole thing on film. We go over on lunch. We had the... I think there the, were the two. Seven, the, the, there was the planning and then there was the There was a the setup, aftermath. but the one is called Cachet Le Vieux Update. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there was like a three-part series because I okay. played the prank. I, I discussed the prank, played the prank, and then tried to do it at Cecily's family, and it wasn't as successful. <laughs> right. But there's no movies. Yeah, one of the that's crucial the piece of fun for Bald Move is is not is is absent in this. Um, boy, yeah, do how do you it? rank that against Yo Ho Ho? Because I do like Yo Ho Ho. I loved all these Christmases. It's just right. This one's like uh, a prototype. It's it's the... a weird thing where we were trying to find okay what works during Christmas. Yeah, where is the cachet of you? I kind of want to leave it. Grab. I kind of want to leave it at the bottom, but I can't lie. It's mostly because I don't want this year's to be the worst. I was gonna say this is also the era where we were doing just we did the Godfather Part Three the year before we did oh, the Godfather yeah. Part Two just as a standalone surprise like hey here's a Christmas mm-hmm. surprise for you that's actually the very first bald move Christmas but like we didn't really do anything it's the genesis of like the hammer right yeah 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 it's how it's kind of so the so we had the Kishela of you and but that's like yeah it was just like we we're figuring shit out I don't know I feel like. The nostalgia. I know this is a lot of people's favorite bald move Christmas. I can't possibly put it above badass. No. But above COVID? 
fine. I guess this year can be the worst. No, fuck COVID. Put yeah, COVID you know at the what? Bottom. COVID's the worst. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, yeah fuck your innovations. <laughs> fuck your Christmassy live streams. <laughs> that was a shit year. Couldn't even celebrate yeah. for families, for God's sake. What a what a what a what a wow God. Yeah, what a piece yeah. of shit year. So, are we happy with the Callis McLemus two Christmas harder on top? Very Giamatti Christmas. Mary Culkin Keatmas. Mary Scary slash Fairy Belter Christmas. The badass Christmas. Then you get 25 Days of Chris Bald Move featuring Cachet Le Vieux, uh, Yo Ho Ho Ho, First Rum, and COVID. Yeah, I like it. And I, and I love, can I just say I love the names that we came up with for those two Home Alone-based ones. Mary Culkin Keatmas is inspired, and so is McAllister McLean Miss 2 Christmas Harder. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> oh, was the badass, is that the was that with the first Christmas card we sent out? Uh, badasses. I, I don't know what so. was our first Christmas card. I don't. So okay, don't let's let's think about it. Yo ho ho. Um, yo ho ho. First run was us in front of. I thought that was cute. Us in front of movie theater. Uh, very merry scary was us being menaced by the Krampuses. I thought that mm-hmm. was good. At the uh, COVID Mart. was the us us between the the or the glass separating us. Mm-hmm. Um. McAllister oh. McLean's two was the poster. Then Barry Giamatti, and then yeah, I think Badass the was the. You were Santa. I was the elf. Was that our first card? Yeah, and it was because it was the elf. Was that the year of the elf? Uh I didn't think so, but I could be wrong. Oh yeah, Badass was uh, was um, that's Wonderful Life. Had to be though. Oh, maybe it's no. It's probably it was probably Mary Culkin Keatmas. There was a wholesome one. There was just a wholesome ass like our families standing together, right? Near no, Christmas that was never tree. a card. We we that that's like the stuff I sent out on Twitter because I try to have something unique for. Uh, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. We never done we never done a family card for Christmas. Damn, that really? must have been the 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 Mary Culkin Keatmas then. Yeah. That, because that was before Giamatti. Shit, I don't know. I before, <laughs> yeah. Before I send this out on polls, I need to make sure I I, I have everybody's shit straight because nobody is going to look this stuff up. I need to make sure I have every movie. Right. Uh, yeah, all the little side projects. Um, so this was yeah, it was the one before Giamatti. Uh, right. And so what what was the one coming before Giamatti? I don't know. Okay, so here's Paul. Mary Culkin uh yeah it was mary culkin keatmas that was the year damn that was a banger year so we we had a couple christmases before we even started sitting at christmas cards apparently (laughs) yeah it's a pretty good card here yeah i keep on wanting to do the inverse of that which is you as santa claus me as an elf sitting on (laughs) your lap i think that would be i would never walk again man oh Come on. Crush my bones. Your femurs can take my bulk. <laughs> we'll try it. Your tibias I'll, I'll and I'm worried. Those are the ones really supporting the weight. Uh, I'll rig an exosuit, an exoskeleton. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah. we need to rig like what, what drummer was wearing in the expanse. You need, uh, you need power one. armor. <laughs> I'm ready for, <laughs> ready for you, little boy. Jesus. Uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, that's that's good, right? We're done. That's good. We're done.